Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. This episode, we are going back to the late 80s, I think. I've not done any fact-checking because yeah. I've watched a hell of a lot of this program uh, <laughs> when I probably should be doing things like fact-checking. Uh, yeah. All the way back to the late 80s for some toilet humour with Round the Bend. Yeah, now this one, um, I when this one came up, I thought this was going to be good fun. I remember this one. Um, and then... There were things actually. I've I watched probably half a dozen episodes or so, and there are things in here which I actually thought were in a very similar show in the early nineties. Um, there was oh. a, there was another CITV show um, called Zap, I think it was, which was um, I remember another, Zap. Yeah, it was, it was like, like a, a TV comic. Show, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, sim- yeah, similar so, similar setup to this. I'm not sure if the same people were involved, but um, they had some similar things. And there's some of the um, some of the animated skits they had in this. I thought were part of that, so I was very pleasantly surprised um, when oh, I when okay. I put this on. I, I... I'm not sure I remember there being animation in Zap, but I remember I remember there being kind of live action. Yeah, there may there may not have been. I don't. I, I just yeah. for whatever reason I associated uh, Wee Man, for example, with um, with Zap. I don't know why. I mean, I, I think maybe Zap's one we should put on our list actually. But I think from memory, Zap was, um, and I don't mean this as an insult to it, but Zap was probably slightly more sterile than this. Oh yeah, say. definitely. I mean, this. There's a certain childish anarchy to this, which you wouldn't get with Zap. Zap was very much the safe version. Yeah, anarchy is exactly the right word. That is exactly what it feels like. Um, I think it's it's fair to. I mean, I it's just heart on my sleeve. I I loved this show. Was it like loved, loved, loved? And I know I say this a lot on this show, but I I just loved, loved, loved this show as a kid. Yeah. Um, I was very much into comics at this time. And as I say, that that love affair for me started with things like the Beano and the Dandy and Wizard and Chips and all of that, which which this is very much reminiscent of. Um, but in a in a TV form, maybe slightly more skewed to something like Viz, but certainly yes. kind of there's a definite effort. It even calls itself like a, a, a TV comic yeah. um, or a video comic. So. So that appealed to me straight away. And obviously the, the toilet humor when you're, I mean, I don't actually know what year this was. I'm guessing it was like 88, 89. I'm guessing it was late 80s. It ran 89 uh, to 91. There you go. So it's good stab at the dark for me then. So I'm between the ages of eight and 10 while this is on. So, I mean, if when you're 10 years old, if you don't find Wee Man hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Let, let alone Bumra. If, if you don't find those things hilarious, then I, I, I just don't think it, you're like you're lying. You're not 10. Do you know what I mean? Like there is nothing funnier for a 10 year old than Thunderpants fighting Bumra, you know, and you've got Y Frontio running around in his in his pants fighting Bumra. It's, it's just hilarious. So I loved it. And I I didn't realize until watching this back now. I mean, I obviously, I you know, I. I've talked at length on this show about my love of puppets, for instance, as well, mm. and my love of monsters and science fiction and B movies, and, and all it's all here. Yeah. And I, I actually wonder, having rewatched this now, how much of my sense of humor and just my my general outlook on life was actually shaped a little bit by this show. And that sounds like a grand statement, but I'm watching it back now, and I'm like, no, I can I can totally see how the person I am today maybe has something to do with watching a fuck ton of this as a kid. Um, yeah, I can, I can, certainly I can my sense that. of humour. Yeah, I, I, mean, I had the same thought. I mean, I, um, similarly to you, I'm a big fan of puppetry. Um, and I mean, th- these are very good puppets as well, given the fact it was a um, it was a kid's show. 
um, the you know, the the, um, the spitting image to do the puppetry for it. So I mean, you know, that's the sort of the, the level of intent they had with it. Um, but yeah, very similar thing. I mean, you no, know, at at the you know the age you no, know, I'd have been I'd have been less than ten. So you, you, not no things like knob gags would, wouldn't have really worked on me. But no, you, you know, literal toilet humour. I mean, no, that's is, that's the it? level I was at, and I'm, yeah. some would argue that's the level I'm still at. Um, but no, th- that's kind of where you know, at, at that age, that's that's that was hitting. You no, know, that was swing that swing of the fences and hitting every time. And I mean, you no, know, let's say you know you have the, the Transformers parody, the Thundercats, the Turtles parody, all these things which were massive and I was into, and yeah. then but you no, know, change into toilet format, which just you no know, cracked me up. Um, and yeah, I, I would say the same. I mean, you look at the um, the characters. I mean, you've got. Um, the um the rats you've got um Jemima Weldon Green was no she was very sad, sarcastic very miserable very downtrodden and a lot of the stuff that we write has that element to it it's there's a very sort of self-deprecating style to it and that's kind of where she came from um then you've got the um the, you know the, the eternal optimist in uh, Vince Vermin now you you see traits of these characters coming through and you think hang on that, I don't I don't remember it that well surely that's not the reason I'm a no miserable sarcastic twat but possibly it's um and yeah it's, it, you're right there's possibly elements to our own humor our own style and our own sort of some of the nuances to the work we do um which have come from shows like this without us realizing i i definitely think so especially and, and you picked up on it immediately and i'm glad you did because i was gonna get around to it eventually but definitely the kind of and it, and it is just utter anarchy just the anarchic style of it um yeah. is is just very reminiscent of a, a lot of tone um that that i go whenever i whenever i sit down in front of a keyboard just anarchy is is there it just yeah. it comes out of me and, and and i don't mean that in like yeah fuck society and in just <laughs> not that but just anarchy in general of like okay well yeah there should be rules but fuck them I'll, I'll do what i want here and if i jump around a bit I'll, I'll just pull it back around at the end you know you anarchy in as much as you have to understand what those rules are to consciously break them yeah. And this does that at every turn, like what fourth wall, you know, they just yeah. smash it down at every possible opportunity. Doc Rock opens every show talking to the viewer. Um, they refer to it as a video comic. Of course, such a thing can't exist, but then it consciously goes out of its way to try and be a comic, you know. Yeah. So um, Bruschetti is, is drawing pictures, which supposedly are the cartoons. Yeah, you know, and and Vince Vermin is writing gags, which are supposedly the scripts, and and yeah. so it is, it is very yeah. Anarchy is a is a good word for it. It, it yeah. definitely feels that, and and even yeah, right down to not just consciously breaking the rules of the format, but the fact that this got aired on it was CITV, wasn't it? Yes. And the fact that this got aired at all at that time of day, let alone on a kids program is unbelievable because this is just it's really pushing the fucking boundaries <laughs> yeah i mean i mean talking about that i mean yeah, it was a citv show it ran from 89 to 91 it had three seasons um it then went on to be shown again on channel 4 children channel and nickelodeon uk um, and was nominated for a royal television society award so i mean even though it was chaotic and frenetic and all the rest of it, it was recognized as being um something worth watching it was recognized as being more than some of its parts um, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I mean, talking about broadcasting in general, I mean, this thing went fucking global. Um, it as it had, had four different airings in this country. In Australia, it ran on ABC for six years. They just oh. repeated it. Um, on top of that, um, ABC broadcast in Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea, so they broadcast it there until 1996 as well. Um, 
I mean, anywhere where um, the British, uh, where um, Britain were broadcasting, um, the armed services and stuff, it was on TV. Um, so, you know, Belize, Falklands, Gibraltar, um, Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, which would have been some form of Yugoslavia at the time. Apologies for my ignorance. Um, uh, but you know, Cyprus, Germany, where you had the forces over there. Um, Ireland had its own broadcast of it. New Zealand. You now, this thing went fucking global. Um, I mean, and that's that's quite surprising because it is it's very British. It's very, very British. It, it is. And I mean, the fact that Ireland had it isn't really a surprise because a lot of their... Um, a lot of their humour is based on, no, it's very similar to ours. I mean, um, same with Australia, I think, to be fair. Yeah, um, um, as I was going to say, I mean, Australia and New Zealand, so, I mean, it, it didn't pick in America, for example. Um, that doesn't lot, surprise me. No, because I don't think it would translate. I think um, kids I think it would too. now, because yeah. I think there are a lot more Anglophiles now than perhaps there would have been then. Yeah, um, I, think, I so, think you're right, and I think that um, it's it's the sort of thing that, I mean, Americans are f- funny with their sense of humour. I don't mean funny, ha-ha, I mean funny, strange. Um, but they find British humour to be like either hysterical or completely blank. They just mm-hmm. they don't get the nuance of it a lot of the time. Um, and this in the late eighties, early nineties wouldn't have played. Um, now I think it would have played to a certain set of the American audience, but not widely. Um, I don't think. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I'd be interested to know um, listeners in America if you are familiar with this and and how that came to be. Um, I mean, I'd imagine yeah. largely through the internet. Um, and and if you're not familiar with this, listeners in America, you know, and if you're a regular listener and just listen to to whatever we do, then I mean, God bless you for putting up with our shit so yeah. regularly. Um, but but please do go and watch this before you go through the rest of this this episode. I'm sure it'll make more sense to you. And I I like not to bury the lead. But I I can't recommend this show enough. Um, it is it is freely available um, by the creator's own decision. Um, I mean yes. they're all on YouTube. They're also all on the creator's website. Like these things are out there for free, so you can watch them guilt free for for paying no money whatsoever. And like I I would happily pay good money to get a nice collection of these. If these were to come out on Blu-ray, um, I would happily part with cash for them. Mm. They're that good, in my personal opinion. Um, but it would be interesting just to just to get a swerve on what you think of it, because I do think it's very British. I think it's very immature. I think it's very silly. Um, it's it's essentially kind of Monty Python crossed with spitting image for children. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, is is what it is. It's like some sort of weird bastard love child of both. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll I'll put um, a link in the in the blue of the episode to um, to create his website. It's TonyHusband.co.uk, um, and there's loads of stuff he's done on the website. He's basically, I think he's basically gone fuck it. Everything's out of copyright. Everything's out of ownership anyway. So I'll chuck it all online for free, and then people can't can't bitch over it. Yeah, um, and I think it's you know it's it's far enough removed now, and it, look, don't get me wrong, some of the gags are dated. Oh now. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know that you haven't aged particularly well, but if you were around in the in the eighties and early nineties, then at least you have kind of you have a touchstone for those. So I I still find them funny, but um, I, I, I think particularly if you know if you're in the US and and you you get things like John Potato's News Round. Yeah. Um, it's it's just gonna fall dead for you. I mean, it's still very funny because it's a it's a spud with some googly eyes reading the news. Like it's yeah. still funny, but you don't get the whole of the gag. Yeah, um, I mean, the same like they had um, David Colmall, who was the sports commentator. Yeah. Um, David Coleman being um, a fairly famous British uh, sports commentator in the eighties. Um, and so that gag in itself doesn't land. I mean, I barely remember David Coleman. I mean, I know the name, but I can't remember anything about him. 
but you have a moral puppet with glasses on reading the sports news but and but the gag in itself is very simple but it works is that he's reading it because he can't read the auto cue he's kind of making up as he goes along so he's always one picture ahead or yes. one picture behind so the picture changes as he's talking about something else so for example he was talking about a dog fight um and he's talking about a bitch as a picture of margaret thatcher came up on screen and it's stuff like that which is um it's not relevant now i mean she's been dead for fucking years and you know good riddance to her but um it's you still, you know, you can even if you don't know who she, who the image is of, you still know that's funny because it's he's not talking about a dog, he's talking about a dog fight, but there's a woman on screen, so he must be referring to her. So that sort of thing that will still land even if you're not quite sure what the context is. And I think that's one thing that really does help it. Oh yeah, definitely. And and there is, um, I mean, it's actually you can't say that's a sophisticated gag, but again, it's the kind of gag that's going to fly over the head of most 10 year olds. Yes. And and there is a lot of that in it. Um, I, I say I've rewatched quite a lot of this and um, the gag so far throughout all of that I've rewatched that has really stuck out to me. is actually all the way back in the first episode where they're running a competition. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's to do with the Royal family and it's about Prince Philip. And uh, the winner is Lizzie of London. And yeah, Cambridge and Buckinghamshire and then they just start listing all of these counties um it's just again as a kid I'd be like huh what yeah. <laughs> but it yeah it's for for every bum rah or you know or wee man there's an equally sophisticated little barb um, yeah. that they just throw in there in in the writing uh, which is where i say you know in in some respects it does feel quite pythonesque in that it can be gloriously silly one minute and then really nuanced and clever the next um it's and then you add the puppetry and things into that and the animation and it's just got everything i love um mm. I, I mean we're already gushing about it but perhaps we should probably take a step back and just um, I feel like this is one of those shows that will maybe be very fondly remembered by a subset of <laughs> yes. our listeners. And then others will just be like, what the fuck is this? So just to kind of step it back, it's essentially, well, now we would we would call it a sketch show, wouldn't we? It's essentially yeah. what it is. It, it's a series of skits. Um, in fact, it's not too dissimilar. Um, I watched the new um, Muppets show, Muppets yes. Tonight, I think it's called, on, on M- Disney M- Plus on Friday. Muppets Now, isn't it? Muppets, Muppets now. now, that's the one. Muppets Tonight was yeah, the last was, one, wasn't it? Yeah. Muppets Now. Um, and it reminded me of Round the Bend a yes. lot in, in yes. terms of its format. It's very, very similar. Um, now, of course, that's the Muppets doing essentially a bunch of YouTube videos is is the idea behind that. You know, it's an online streaming show. Yeah. Um, we didn't have that in the 80s, but what we did have was sketch shows and comics. So they kind of merged the two together. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, the setup is that there's this comic, this video comic being run for reasons that are never explained from a sewer by a giant talking crocodile and three rats. Um, I'll yeah. go with it. Whatever. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I mean, you kind of because it because it lends itself to being so silly, um, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Um, you don't kind of question it. You don't need to. Yeah. I mean, and because most of the joke, a lot of the jokes are predicated on the toilets in some way, shape, or form. You it kind of fits that it's in a sewer, so you don't really question it. Um, and like I, having watched it as a child, didn't really give it a thought. It was in no, it was funny. It was in a sewer. There was a crocodile. There were rats, and there were um, cartoons of Wee Man and um, Bot Man and stuff like that. I didn't really care. Um, I didn't care why it was in a sewer. And then watching it back last week, I mean, we had a horrendous recording on Monday, um, which you'll have listened to by now, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, for, for me, it was a good episode. It was just it was just hard work reliving that 
piece of filth. Um, but so I, I went away and said, you know what? I've just had, we've just spent two hours talking about how bad something is and how wrong it went. I want to sit down and laugh at something. And yeah. the kids were in bed, so I couldn't throw things at them. Um, so I thought, right, I'll put this on. I'll see how this goes. Um, and yeah, I ended up then staying up until quite late watching episodes of this. It's very easy to just keep watching, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very easy because it's got that sketch show format to it. And yeah, again, like a sketch show, you know, so many of, of the characters are recurring. So, for instance, you know, you, you more often than not get a Psycho the Magnificent yes. segment. And you'll get, I mean, False Teeth from Beyond the Stars for season one was there every episode. And then that became, was it Banana? So there's like a King Kong thing. But uh, it's a Adam Banana. Banana. Adam Banana. Oh, I, there you go. It became that later on, didn't it, where they had this kind of B-movie sci-fi spoof. And yeah. then they would always, you know, it, it would follow a pattern. They would generally be a spoof of an action film, um, Rambo or Rocky or Terminator or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you'd have a, a spoof as well of one of the popular cartoons and, and they recurred as well. So it would yeah. be a different one every episode, but they would crop back up. So you had things like Wee Man, you had Thunder Pants, you had, I don't know how many versions of Turtles. Three. I've counted at least three. You had Is Teenage it... Mutant Ninja Toilets, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Teddies and Old Age Useless Nitwit Tortoises. I mean that's just genius, isn't yeah. it? All these useless nitwit tortoises yeah. is is fantastic. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, then yeah, you get the Transformers were... as well. You know? Yeah. Um, but not only that, you know, you had a like Botman, you had Wooly the Wonder Sheep, which was a parody of Champion the Wonder Horse. Um, yeah. And uh, you know they did a parody because no, I mean um, Neighbours, the, the Australian soap for people who don't know it. Um, that was massive over here. It was one of the most watched shows in the UK um, in the late eighties, early nineties. So they did a parody of it called Vegetables. Yeah. Um, which was an over the top sitcom where every no, they were all let, no, lettuces and cabbages and stuff, um, but with really dodgy Australian accents. Um, but for the no, for the moment, you looked at it and went, "Fucking hell!" You know, and no, and it was written in that soap opera style where everything was overly dramatic, and you had the you know, the um, so the, the the big music identity, you know, the sort of the uh, the equivalent, da, 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 and all this sort of stuff, and they played for it, knowing full well there was a thirty second skit about a fucking cucumber. I mean, that's the thing. They they go for this wholeheartedly. As you say, even the, even the puppets, like, they aren't cheap. No. You know, they're very well done. They're very well voiced. They're very well puppeteered. Um, I mean, they, for the time, there's some big names in there as well. There was always a celebrity guest, yeah. which Jemima would go and interview by popping out of their toilet. Uh, gag being, of away. course, she's, she's a rat, so they would end up, like, flushing her back down the toilet because they'd freak out because it was a rat. But, you know, yeah. some some relatively big stars for the time. Then you'd get the music segment. It was always a music segment, which were hilarious. Yes. Uh, my my personal favourite, again, I think it's actually the pilot, but creased me and still creases me thinking back to it as now, is when they introduced Bananarama. And yeah. it's three bananas, just and it's, and it's literally a puppeteer holding three bananas up and twirling them back and forth in time to music. Yeah, um, I mean, they did loads. I mean, they, and, no, they had uh, Michael Jackdung, uh, Elton the John, which is my favourite. Um, Kylie Manure as Kylie well. Kylie Manure and Jason Dungavon. Yeah. Um, and then so the um, the idea being though they're they're just the names the actual puppets are just you know, piles of shit, um, yeah. but with a mouth that sing along and El- Elton the John was a toilet so obviously the lid popped up and and sang, um, but yeah no, they were absolutely they they knew exactly what they were doing and it was no they they were it was unashamed no it was unashamedly funny, um, but you know full well that if Elton John had seen that his lawyers would have been all over it. I mean that's the thing I think it was obviously it was a very different time then. But some of the stuff is really close to the bone. Yeah. Um, like you, you'd never get away with it today. Like, like we live in a far too litigious society to get away yeah. with this kind of stuff. Um, 
but they they just really don't give a fuck and i think part of that comes from knowing that they were a kid show that most adults are not going to bother yeah so they just they got away with murder like yeah they did like I said, I mean, they're even they're taking they're taking pops at Thatcher, they're taking pops at the Queen, which you know, don't get me wrong, that was you know having a pop at Margaret Thatcher was all the rage in the eighties. It, it was like a national pastime, wasn't it? I, I mean, pretty much, yeah. But it's just you wouldn't flat out come out and call her a bitch. Um, which, <laughs> no, that's right. Which they literally do, uh, as you say, and you know, again, taking a pop at the Queen. You know, that's. Even now, that's that's something that's very much going to split an audience. Yes. So, you know, to do it back then, I mean, hats off to them. You know, the, well, that's it. But I mean, it was done in. I mean, the, the Thatcher one wasn't subtle at all. But the no, the, the Queen um, one, the, very the Queen one, the Queen one, you really have to think about it um, yeah. to have to get it. Um, so, I mean, you know, they they picked their audience, I think, and like they were. I think they're all Northerners. It was Yorkshire Television that um, that paid for it. Excuse me. So, um, I mean, I think they were quite. You know, they were they were quite outspokenly uh, anti Thatcher anyway because they were human, um, but I don't think they'd have been that concerned if um, if the Tory Party or uh, Margaret Thatcher herself took offence because fuck her. Um, but you know the Queen, you know, the Queen's a national institution and people like her for some reason, so you no, know, they wouldn't have wanted to upset her too much because um, obviously she's going to be watching children's ITV on a Monday afternoon. Um, I mean, what the fuck else has she got to do? Like, get up, lounge pick, around a bit, pick up corgi corgis. shit. Yeah, you know, it's about it, really, isn't it? Yeah. She, she's, I mean, just destroy, now, I suppose, just destroy evidence that her grandson's not a grandson. Yeah, it's slightly different now, I suppose, isn't it? Like, yeah, she's know, old she's, now. She can get away with doing fuck all. Yeah, I was going to say she, she's literally just kicking her own waiting to die now, isn't she? Oh, just you know, that's it, basically. Um, she's she's done. She's just staying around now to spite Charles. You know, good on her. Yeah. So anything um, I was an actor for. Yeah. So, but but I mean, back in the eighties, she. I guess she had slightly more stuff to do. At least, you know, at least I guess she was doing more public appearances and stuff. She still wasn't running the fucking country or doing anything useful. But well, neither were the government, so yeah. Uh, well, no, uh, oh, they well, still aren't. They're so, now. Yeah, I was going to say it's not much different. Um, yeah. Once a Tory, always a Tory. Yeah, conservative government. Fuck all use. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Um, anyway, that's, I, a, that's a different show. I think I'd take Thatcher over Johnson. That's and that's saying something. Um, at, at least she understood that. No, she, at least she understood she was a cunt. Yeah, and at least she was decisive. Yeah. Um, anyway, this isn't. <laughs> this is going to digress very quickly. <laughs> and shut me up right now. I'm going to get yeah, firmly maybe, on my high horse. Maybe that's a different show for a different time when we're not trying to entertain people. Yeah, Chris talks politics is not a show anybody wants, <laughs> um, unless you do want it. In which case, let us know. Um, yeah, what, what will generally happen then? Is I'll wind you up and let you go, and come back in two hours with a fresh cup of coffee. Pretty much, just set record and leave me rant. Yeah. Um, so, so well, hang on, I've already gone down that rabbit hole. Now, what were we saying? Yeah, taking jibes. Um, yeah, and they kind of like. To be fair, it is again the the anarchy element of it. It's it's almost got that kind of South Park approach to it, where it's like, well, actually, we we can just get away with this by taking a pop at anybody. You can't say that yeah. we're, you know, we're yeah, deliberately right. We we're just having a pop, at fucking anything and everything, yeah. because it we're a million miles an hour. And you know that's that's part of the thing with it as well. It does, you know, the skits are like 20 30 seconds at yeah. most most of them i would say even shorter than that um including the interstitials so yeah a lot of you know it is very rapid fire and not all of it lands but that's fine because there's so much of it that if one segment doesn't land for you then you're straight on to the next one 
So yeah. it's all well, I mean, good. I mean, that's all. That's always going to be the case. I mean, and like you referred to this as, as uh, Python S. There's a lot of Python stuff for me doesn't land. No, yeah. there, there, there are more hits and misses. But you no, know, when you have that sheer volume of output, because you know, if if you write a book or you write a film or a TV show, um, or no, a, a long form TV show, you know that you've you know, you've got certain beats to hit, and you've you know you know how much you're doing. When you're producing a 25 or 20 minute show with 10, 12, maybe 20 second segments, and you've got to fill every minute with something. That's a lot of material every week. Mm. And oh, to yeah. a point where it's got to be so, it's got to be so polished, it's got to be so precise. And I say polished because even though it was anarchic and it was, no, it was frenetic, this was, no, this must have been planned to be delivered to the fucking millisecond. There's no, oh, there's no, there's no way you can have any fat in this. There's no way you can have any sort of lag in this. So you've got a team. I mean, I'm not, I, I think there, there are only three writers. Um, must be even two. It's Tony Husband, Patrick Gallagher, and I think Mark Rogers is involved as well. Um, but so you've got this team basically doing the entire fucking show, every episode, and hitting beat, 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 beat as opposed to saying, right, I've got three pages to get to this point, or no, three pages or two pages or a page and a half to get to this point. It's just literally that page, that one page might have five or six gags on it. Yeah, and I mean, that's, I, that's, a, I, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Yeah, I don't know how to, how the writing process would have worked for this, but I imagine it was very similar to like real old school animation, going back to like animated shorts where it's three guys in a room just basically Straight putting up. up story beats. Yeah, yeah. You, you just get the gag. OK, that's what that one is. You take that, move on. Okay, that's what that one is. You take that, move on. Yeah. And just literally writing the gags and nothing around it, just going like, this is where we need to get to, move. This is where we need to get to, move. You know, and just almost storyboarding it rather than writing it, I think, is is probably how this was put together. Particularly Quite possibly. Particularly when you look at again the the comic strip format of it. You know, it, it lends itself to that. And all of these skits basically are these kind of 30-second just jokes and traditional skits in that it's a joke that'll just it'll build and build and build and build to a punchline you know um again another one of my um my favorite the animated sections is one of the um one of the thunder pants ones i think it's in episode four or five maybe even earlier um but they they're sort of just about to, to crush bumrah but he's got a secret weapon up his sleeve and they're boxer shorts and it's <laughs> yeah it's literally just boxer shorts they're, they're shorts with boxing gloves and they just start beating the shit out of the thunder pants and yeah. it's funny because it's pants fighting boxer shorts it's you know it, it and it, it's, it's a stupid stupid joke and they've taken 30 seconds to build to it but it's funny yeah. because of that you know um and then you know on the other hand you'll get something like um, when you get the odd bods very rare are there punchlines there it's more sort of they're almost tiny little sitcoms you know the odd bods yes their family each one of them has something odd about them not a superpower as such just like one's got a really long nose one dysmorphia yeah one sort of bounces when he farts because he's like a big yeah ball thing um like my favorite one is the one with the little girl with a really loud voice um whenever there's an episode of it she'll just go somewhere and start shouting things really inappropriately there's no punchline to it it's just a kid being obnoxious um, in, in that kind of observational obnoxious. way. Who can imagine know? a kid being obnoxious? Exactly. But that's the thing. It's that kind of observational comedy then. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah. it's not of that quality, but it's almost kind of Seinfeld-esque. Like, you know, this is what happens. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they'll take her to a, a supermarket or she'll be at a wedding or whatever and just be like, look at that person over there. Aren't they fat and ugly? 
Um, it's yeah, yes horrible. I am. Fuck you, bitch. You know, it's it's horrible, but they can get away with it, and it's funny because it's true, and we all know it to be true. Kids yeah. just come out with things like that. Yeah, um, that's that's right. And I mean, um, and you, you you see it now even now. I mean, I um I had it was it yesterday or the day before where um I came out of the bathroom and I'd left my shirt in the bedroom. And number two said, you've got a big belly. And after I threw him down the stairs, I thought, yeah, that's kids for you. Um, but no, it's that they don't have that filter. They don't know. They don't understand the social etiquette of it. So, I mean, it's that, that sort of thing. It's well observed. And like, it still stands up now. We're, now. we're 30 plus years later. Um, and it's no, it still stands up. So it's um, no, it's it's there's a lot to be said for that, I think. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Whereas, as, as we've said, you know, some of it is quite dated, particularly sort of the references to pop culture and celebrities, you know, things like Kylie Manure and, and what have you. Like, yeah, they, they're still relevant because Kylie's still around, but she's yeah. nowhere near the star she was in the 80s, for instance. Um, and, and likewise, things like Thunderpants and Wee Man, like they still land with us because, hell, we spend two Mondays a month talking about these shows. Yeah. So it's right up our street. But then... On the other hand, you know, gags like that, like you get in the odd bods and, and the really well kind of structured sitcom bits like that, they're timeless because kids are always going to be arseholes. Yeah. So that's always going to be funny. You know, so, um, again, like uh, David Colmel, it's it, like some of the some of it's not going to land, but the actual device yeah. of he's a mole. So he's short sighted. So he's always one cue card behind. Yeah. that gag's continually going to work. So even if you didn't know who, as you said earlier, if you didn't know who Thatcher was, you still get the joke. It still works. Yeah. Um, plus the fact he's a he's a tiny little cute mole puppet who looks funny in himself. And it, likewise, yeah. as I say, John Potato's news rounds, like it's a potato oh. with googly eyes. What is yeah. not to love? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's right. I mean, I'm just reading um, about um, Oink Comics, which was, uh, Oink was the name of the, uh, the, the comic that um, the three creators of... Um, Round the Bend Road before they did that, um, which got uh, its finished publication in 1988, presumably from the Quantum there to um, Round the Bend. Um, but again, no, described in much the same way. It's deliberately anarchic. It's viz for children. Um, side note, it, it's often compared to Mad Magazine. Um, but again, some of the writers they had involved, like Charlie Brooker was an early writer. Um, no, I, th- I think he was very young at that point. Um, they had writers from the Beano. They had com- they had um, satirists from Financial Times. They basically pulled all these people in from as many warps of life as they could to inform the sort of humour. And by the time they went on to do um, Round the Bend, you can see that that influence is still there. So even though those these people aren't credited as writers of, of Round the Bend, you can see the impact they've had on the on the creators and the writers in the way that they put together a joke and the way the way things are structured. Um, and let's say it's, it's it's quite an interesting read to sort of go back and say, well, I can see how that would fit there because I'll see how they would do that. And again, it was you know, there were several sort of controversial aspects to it, but by and large, it's been it's heralded as a very successful satirical product. Um, and I think the, the 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 only bits I've seen so I've seen some uh, some of the comic strips from that. They've, there's very much a feel of Ronda Ben to them. Um, yeah, I've I've not read Oink. Um, didn't. I don't think I even knew it existed. I guess I would have been, even for being into comics at this time, uh, if it was probably pre-Round the Bend, it was probably yeah, yeah. slightly too early for yeah. me. Um, you know, at, at this sort of time, like 8, 9, 10, I was yeah. kind of just, that's when I was really reading Beano and Dandy and stuff yeah, like same, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I hadn't even graduated onto Viz at this point. Um, I, I could be graduated onto Viz, like Viz is some fucking highbrow, magazine and it's not well, just it not? full of dick and fart jokes and swearing um i'm sorry if you met us 
I incidentally, I haven't read Viz in a very long time. I, I had a freebie re- the other day. Is it still going? It is yes, still out there. Right. Somebody sent me a link the other day, and um, if I signed up for some newsletter, which I probably unsubscribed for, you got a free, uh, you got a free copy. Okay, so is it is it as rude as I remember it being no. when I was like thirteen? Because it no. was it's, it's as, like, as like a 13, 14-year-old. It's fucking hilarious just to read Roger Melly and to just read the word bollocks repeatedly. Yeah. It's it's kind of like reading the sun or the sport. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's nothing. Um, yeah, I didn't think it would be. I, yeah, I had it, a feeling it passed, perhaps... it passed like 10 minutes, but apart from that. Because it, it felt really adult when I was a teenager. Oh, in the yeah. same way that, to be fair, as a 10-year-old, Round the Bend felt like... Yes. It was quite a naughty show to watch. Do you know what I mean? Because they're talking about pooing and peeing and hmm. <laughs> toilets. Oh, it, and... it was definitely one of the ones. I mean, my my dad worked shifts, wasn't around a huge amount when we were sort of when we were particularly young. Um, and so my mum was very strict on you can't watch you can watch this, you can't watch that. And this was one of the ones she you know she saw like the first thirty seconds of one. She's like, you're not watching that anymore, um, which was fine because we had a TV upstairs. So yeah. we just told her we were going to have to play on the computer instead and watch that until she came up, and then we'd put the um, put the computer channel on because um, it was back in the day where you plugged the spectrum into the back of the TV. Um, so yeah, it was one of those that you no, know, there were certainly parents who would have got no, their, their sensibilities wouldn't have liked it. Um, and you're right, it's probably because it was that just a little bit crass, that little bit rude. I mean, my mother had a similar opinion of The Simpsons, by the way. Um, didn't quite work out that one either. Um, but yes, I mean, you're right. There, there definitely was an older feel to it. Um, and I said, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. My brother's, my brother's a year older than you, I think, or maybe nine months older than you. So, and even he, even even for him, he was like, no, yeah, you're not allowed to watch that. And I don't know if that was because she didn't approve or was because if he was watching, I'd be watching it. Um, yeah. But either way, it was one of those I you know, can't possibly watch that, um, which made it all the more exciting to watch, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't remember ever being told I couldn't watch it. I do certainly remember, like, it was always the last thing on when it was yeah, on yeah. CITV. It was the last programme. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember quite often my grandfather coming home from work to find it on and calling it rubbish. But I don't ever be in, remember being told that I couldn't watch it. Hmm. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, in, in the show they called it rubbish. Well, you had the, um, the opinion poll, didn't you? Yes. He always yeah. said it was rubbish. And the armchair critics as well. Yes. So yeah. the opinion poll, of course, being an actual a poll. A poll, yeah. Yeah. And the armchair critic being an actual armchair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, the, this is just the kind of stupid shit that this show just repeatedly throws out. And, and in going back to watch it, I was... Again, this is one of those ones that makes you a bit nervous because I loved it so much. Yeah. And I was thinking, I bet I'm going to go back and watch this and it's going to be the most puerile, childish, just lowbrow crass show that i could possibly watch and that's and, what i was looking forward to to be honest yeah it absolutely was all of those things and more which i love yeah. um so <laughs> you know but i was i was worried that i would go into it and just find oh no actually this is really really immature um yeah i mean I, and, I, it, I, and don't get me wrong it is it is it is yeah it is, but in the in the best possible way. And like I said, they're always able but to it, pull it, is, it back. I mean, it's, it, I think there's a difference between being immature and being and, and knowing your audience. I yes. think that you can be immature, you can be puerile, you can be juvenile, and still be funny and appeal to a, a broader audience than just ten year olds. Because no, you, you fart on screen, a ten year old will laugh. That's just no kids, but. Most but on screen, I laugh. As I say, for I'm most adults, as I say, for most, <laughs> fucking hell, you are. Um, for most adults, that's no, that's the thing that doesn't really get them. 
But yeah. for a kid, no, dick and fart jokes are like the best thing ever. For us, dick and fart jokes are the best thing ever. Um, apart from nod jokes, which are on a different level again. But you're always wary when you go back to a show like that. And like they lampoon it in South Park a lot with Terence and Philip. The whole thing, yes. though, their their entire ethos is fart jokes. Um, but again, it's done. It's in, it's done intentionally. It's played for, and it you know, they're lampooning themselves. And when you go into it with that attitude, you know exactly what you're doing. You know exactly what you're talking about. And you know where your audience is going to be coming from. You can get away with that. It's when you go in taking yourself seriously, and then you get these things out of it, and then people don't don't respond to it. Or, you know, it might have been popular in 1989, but come 2009, people don't give a fuck. And I think if this took itself seriously for a second, it would all fall apart. Yeah, it fails. If if yeah. this isn't pure fucking bedlam, it fails. Yes. If this is anything other than pitching for the stalls and going for the lowest common denominator, which is we poo fart. Anything yeah. other than that doesn't work with this show. No, but exactly, it knows but, what it is. But, and, and it treads that line so carefully as well, because if it was all of that, and then you made it an adult show when you added language, for instance. Yes. Again, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't have this. It doesn't have the same subtlety. It's, it doesn't have the same nuance, and it doesn't no, have the same appeal. No, and again, it's that very British sensibility of, of just that kind of bawdy carry on Benny Hill level yeah. of humour, like to push it all the way up to the envelope, all the way up to the edge of what can we get away with? What is, what is the absolute closest we can get to the yeah. moral line here yes. without crossing it? And it, it does that very, very well. Um, again, even down to, you know, you can look, you can read as much as you want into this, but there's there's a class structure at place with Doc Rock and the rats. Yeah. Um, and, and that class structure is not just based on education and social status. It's also based on sex. It's also based on race and yeah. nationality. Like all of that is in there. It's being thought about and it's being lampooned. Um, yeah. and, and and I believe consciously so. As I say, oh, you definitely. can read as much into it as you want, but I think they fully know what they're doing with it. Like like um Jemima is is she is not a kind of high flying writer, you know, fashionista type character by accident. She yeah. is meant to be, uh, as far as rats go anyway, she is meant to be, you know, a an attractive, successful rat. Yeah, woman. she's 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 very much um, a pastiche of the yuppies you had in the late eighties. Yes, definitely. She's, she's hardworking. She's over enthusiastic. She you know she's putting her all into it because she wants to succeed. She wants to prove herself, especially as a female rat, because the the, the, the male rats are kind of just coasting, but tend to get a bit more respect and a bit more. Well, not respect. That's probably the wrong word, but they tend to get a bit more acknowledgement. Whereas she you no, know, she's working twice as hard for less recognition. So the fact that she is you no know, constantly trying to you no know, scratch and claw her way up. Again, it's it's a it, there's a nice comment on that, um, and, and the way that people were at the time. I mean, look at I mean, it wasn't to the same extent here, but you look at Wall Street as an example. I mean, the Wall Street's a good parody of uh, whether it's supposed to be or not a good parody of um, of that sort of that's um, yuppie society, mm-hmm. um, and this is a nice take on that. So I mean, it's again, I can't, I can't believe it. I can't believe any of these characters are by accident. Like, they they must be intentional. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even again, you know, looking at Doc Croc, who is clearly the most influential and powerful member of the team, you know, is is this kind of just oh, let's let's face it, overweight compared to the rest of them. Yeah. Um, reasonably, I wouldn't say wealthy because he isn't, but he's successful, his, isn't he? Successful, yeah. But also his his kind of accent and his mannerisms 
kind of suggests that he's that kind of self-made successful yeah. again like that 80s wall street culture he's this kind of you know you you had all the yuppie businessmen again um and and he's that but in that kind of diamond in the rough form where he's, he's become yeah. so far the other way that he's obnoxious about it he is for all intents and purposes the ultimate tory um is what he is you know he is he is just this kind of super successful right-wing aggressive male yeah, and uh, you can see that in the way he treats the lower class as well. So the rats are treated like shit. I mean, um, uh, Vince Verman is constantly battered. Yes. Um, literally, literally pummeled week, you know, week on week. Um, and then you, know, you get, you know, you get that he's always um, derisive. He's always, he's always uh, derisory. He's always um, very vindictive towards the rats because they're not as good as him. They're not as important as him. But then you get the um, the teddy that comes by the shade wearing teddy, which is. Um, it comes along and beats the fuck out of him and the crew. Um, excuse me. And then there's the Teddy's father who comes along and does it. So again, showing there's always a bigger fish. So no matter how big a dick you are, be you a crocodile to some rats, there's always somebody else who's going to come and step on you. And again, you know, there are these social lessons which you don't think are being taught because it's a kid's show. But actually, there's a very good job of them just sort of embedding without without being completely explicit about it, embedding the fact that there is a class structure and wherever you are wherever you sit there are always people who want to want to step you down who want to want to get one over and like doc crock is that for the most part but then so you get these um teddies i can't remember if they were supposed to be producers or something but they basically came down every now and again and kicked the living fuck out of doc crock yeah and again it's not the sort of no, that no it's, it's animated so then it's animated nothing is accidental no, it's not like you get. Everything. It's not like you catch a look from between two cast members, or somebody does something which then cat which is caught on camera, and you put, you run with it. Everything is planned to the nth degree. Everything is written. Everything is coordinated because it has to be choreographed because they're puppets. Everything is meticulous. But and depending on how much you want to read into it, there's so much in this show like that. You know, you talked about classism. You talked about race. You talked about um, you know, you talked about um, gender equality. All these things are in there. And you just know you don't have to peer that hard to find them. No, the the sewer is a fully functioning society in yeah, this show. Yeah, it's a proper isn't microcosm, it? isn't that? Yes, it, it it absolutely is. Um, right down to you know the the bottom of the food chain in in the sewer is the immigrant artist, um, yes. which says a lot about the animation industry of the time as well. Um, if you want to look at that, I mean, look how many shows have we watched? And we've gone where to come from? Ah, China, yeah, Japan. You know, because everything was outsourced yeah. because labor was cheap. You know, um, yeah. so so there's that to it as well. Um, it, it's it's a lot more clever, more clever, a lot cleverer <laughs> than. <laughs> oh, oh look, it's been a fucking long day. All right. <laughs> there's what I'm saying is there's a lot more going on here uh, below the surface, and just knowing the pedigree of the writing team as well. Yeah, I I cannot for a second believe any of it is accidental. Um, no. You know, I, I mean, they're all cartoonists essentially. That's that's where the background is. Even yes. I didn't realize you mentioned Charlie Brooker earlier on. I, I know he must have been like sperm practically writing on he, this show. I think he was. I think it said he was still school age. I'll see if I find it now. Hang on. Um, I mean, that's. I mean, my earliest exposure to, to Charlie Brooker was I remember him drawing comic strips in. I think it was PC Zone. It was one of the PC magazines. In fact, I'm almost certain it was PC Zone. It was either PC Zone or PC Gamer. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the mid to late 90s uh, as a cartoonist then. So even he has that cartoonist background. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, um, he was still at school at the time. Well, there you go then. Yeah. Um, 
I, it's fucking mad, isn't it, to to trace things through like that? To think that like the the guy that gives us Black Mirror, yeah, was writing like Wee Man magazine. Yeah, he was writing Wee Man and the Masters of the Looniverse at one point. Like, yeah, it's fucking mental, isn't it? How life works. It, it is mental. Um, for us yet. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I mean, maybe if there's a Round the Bend revival, they can pop up in his toilet and interview him. He's big enough now. That would be yeah. hilarious. Um, and incidentally, there fucking should be. Like, that is one thing that I did take away from watching this. Is It's like, why is this not still on? Like, what? Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't understand that... why. Like like I said, that, that, that new Muppet show is basically this. The format is very, very similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the new Muppet show wouldn't... Funny. <laughs> yeah, so the new Muppet show, only so, it's only sold because it's Muppets. And it only got made because Disney owned the Muppets and they didn't have to do anything with it. Um, I mean, it was... I mean, we watched it this morning or last night. It passed 20 minutes. So it was all right. There's like, there, were, there were two funny segments. Most of it was... I think there was the there was the, odd, there was the odd gag in each bit. But, I mean, I think there were four or five segments and I think each one had maybe one line which made me laugh. I mean, Swedish chef for the win, right? Oh, absolutely. Just... absolutely. That's, that's always the case, though. Yeah, uh, but anyway, this isn't about this yeah. isn't a Muppets. No, we, we'll, we'll get another Muppets one at some point. Cause well, I mean, we've Muppets. done Muppet Babies. Look, our, our love for the Muppets is is well documented yeah. on this show, um, but this one's a miss so far. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, back. To... Um, I mean, you're right though. I think that it is rife for a reboot. I think the problem you would have, as we've alluded to already, is that you'd ha- there are, there are very fine lines between what is funny and what's offensive to the majority and there are too many quote i hate the phrase but quote unquote woke people who would take offense at anything you put into this because you either make it in the same vein in the same fashion the same style and with the same uh, the same type of humor as the original in which case you offend a fuck ton of people or you dilute it and water it down to keep those people happy and the fans of the original won't watch it because it's not funny because it doesn't think, have that same level of humor. I think that's the problem. There's the line between those two is too fine. And I think you'd you'd spend so much time trying to find it, you'd end up meandering around what's funny and actually producing a lesser product for it. Yeah, I think I think it absolutely has to go for the juggler. It did then and, and it has to now. Um but I think it just has to just take that attitude, which which is inherent in the show anyway, of well, fuck it then. Again, much like much like South Park or Family Guy does, where oh fuck it, we'll say it as long as we say something equally as bad about the next protected category, then that's okay. Um, and, and you have to go down that route. I think it would certainly, I mean, it would have to be on a streaming service as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, no, no network would pick it up. I mean, look, Netflix, like as if anyone from Netflix is listening to this fucking show. Um, <laughs> or if if they are, we already got sued for last week. Yeah, I mean, look, Netflix just jump on this please like we we need more round the bend we really do it it, it died so quickly is the thing didn't it so we said like 89 to 91 so it had like yeah i think it only had seasons two, of six yeah. episodes each so it's very there's very little of that i remember there being a game um yes. which i remember i don't remember the game too well i remember the loading screen but i don't remember the, yeah too much of the game. i don't remember the game i remember there being one um it was, for, it was made for the spectrum and then spectrum, it, uh, yeah it was ported to the Commodore 64, the Atari ST, the Amiga, and the Acorn Archimedes. Um, I don't remember the game. I remember, um, I remember there being a game. But I don't remember ever having it or playing it. Um, I definitely had it. Um, basically, about the time this was on, if anything had Round the Bend stamped on it, I wanted it. Um, 
because yeah, I, what, I was what just. What was the game? I don't. I don't. I don't remember anything. I don't remember anything I about. I can't the game. remember. I know I had it. Um, as I say, I remember the loading screen more than anything um, because Doc Croc was actually green, and so rare on the spectrum did you yeah. get accurate colours. Um, yes. You know, on on a sort of spectrum loading screen. Um, I'm just going to see if I can find something that will jog my memory now. I, yeah. I don't remember ever playing. I know I, I definitely had it. I know there was also a comic for yes. for a while as well. I remember having a Round the Bend comic or an annual at the it very least. It was a one-off. Least. It was a one-off magazine special. Oh, there you go. So it was I called the Round, had... the Round the Bend TV special because they were being ironic. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the game was apparently successful as well. Um, there was a, a sequel was um, was announced as well, but it was never made. Okay, um, so it looks to be from screenshots I can see. Incidentally, there's a video playthrough on YouTube as well because there's video playthroughs of everything. Um, if, you want, if you want to send me a link to that, I'll put it in the post as well. Yeah, it it looks it looks to be some sort of platform game, maybe which most tie-ins used to yeah. be anyway. So, um, kids' TV show around the bend was set in a fictitious comic factory, one with amazingly more toilet humor. Blah 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 blah. blah. In the licensed game, Doc Croc has blown up the printing press and Lou Brush, excellent, <laughs> must go through the sewers to retrieve all eight pages. So, yeah, it's your basic platformer collect okay. um, like like any other. See, um, Dean other Spectrum games, Dynamite Dan, Jet Set Willy, all of those. Yeah. Um, excellent. Okay, and once you collect the pages, it's played out as a single screen, multi-layered screen. So once you collect the pages, you've got like a, an image, essentially. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so there you go. There, there was a game, definitely. Um, it looks bad. Um, but then I guess most Spectrum games look bad unless you remember them. Yeah. It was released in 1991. Uh, it was by Impulse, who were relatively okay. big at the time. I remember as well. So yeah. Well, I mean, this, I mean, it, it it did relatively well. I and mean, the fact they ported it all over the fucking shop means it must have done quite well. I mean, it was um, licensed, wasn't it? So yeah, exactly. That's, that's sure. By you know, I mean, the amount of fucking bad licensed platform games that came out in the early 90s were unbelievable like everything got a fucking game i remember there being games of crisp mascots i remember like colin quaver having a yeah, game colin quaver. Fucking well fucking Zool. Oh, so when they did um Zool teamed up with chopper chops for the amiga yeah for the first stage yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and then you had cool spot as well which is an entire game based around the red spot on the fucking oh, fuck, seven up yeah. can yeah, uh, which people seem to forget that he was ever that um it was yeah. literally the spot he was he like, was dot, it, yeah, I it wasn't that. even like a mascot for Seven Up because that was fucking Fido Dido. Yeah, it was just somebody made a game out the spot on the Seven Up camp. Yeah, they couldn't be asked to animate a character, so they went, "Oh fuck it, we'll just use that, and we'll see if we can get Seven Up to pay for it." I mean, I call you one better. Do you remember? Um, do you remember the sequel to James Pond, Robocod? Yeah, and fucking Penguin sponsored it. So there was a level where there were just giant fucking penguin biscuits everywhere. Yeah. I do remember that. Fucking like hell. everything had a fucking game in the in midnight. Everything. I always remember. I borrowed um, a friend of mine had the, the the game of Total Recall. Yeah. Um, and it took forty nine minutes to load, and then it fucking minutes. crashed. Wow. Forty nine minutes, and then it didn't bast it in play. Wow. I was not happy. Kids today don't know they're fucking born, do they? When they, fucking, like when they when they set something to download on their Xbox and they're like, oh, it's going to take an hour. Like, yeah, we used yeah. to fucking try letting it take right, an every hour, time. sitting there listening to screeching nonstop yeah. and watching and flashing try screens. That every, that... every time you want to play the fucking game, not once when you download yeah. it, every, every time. time. 
yeah try risking a fucking epileptic fit every time you want to load it like that's that's what we had to do yeah Jeez. yeah anyway this again ranting um <laughs> but yeah um yeah, no, I can't remember where we got to that point. Oh, we were talking about the, uh, the Creed game. And those I think we were talking about licensing. But yeah, we, that's right, yeah. Going down a rabbit hole. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot where we were. But, I mean, on, on the whole, I mean, I, I remembered a lot of the segments. Like, I remember Doc Rock. I didn't remember the particular rats, but I remember Doc Rock. And he had rats there. I remember um, I remembered some of the parodies, as I remembered... Um, I mean, how can you forget Thunderpants? Well, I, I remember Thunderpants. I remembered Transformaloids. I remembered Wee Man. I remembered Psycho the Magnificent for some reason. Do you know, I'd forgotten about Psycho the Magnificent until the very first time he popped up on screen. Well, I, yeah, in the first episode, when I saw him, I thought, oh, fuck. That's him. exactly the reaction I had as well. And the reaction I got to that was, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Because it was one of those, the Tory actually watched me, and he's like, what's, what, is, what are you watching? What is this? And when I said, it's fucking Psycho. No, yeah. it's not. It's a cartoon. So, oh, fuck. Mm. But yeah, for whatever reason, Psycho Magnificent, and um, his just, Really fucking. I mean, you, there've been so many films in the last couple of years about fucking illusionists and you know, illusionist crime, you no know, criminals and stuff like that. Like, like uh, now you see me stuff like that. It's fucking rife for it. But th- again, this one, you look at it, and go, yeah, that's fucking. That's where no, that, for me, that's where it started. Yeah, there's, there's, that's why I love this shit. There's something vaguely terrifying about Psycho the Magnificent. Yeah. I think it's the way he's animated. It's it's the angles. It's the angle. His nose is pointy. His chin is pointy. Yeah, like everything everything is like triangular. It looks like it should be a fucking Picasso painting. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I had completely forgotten about it, much like and I can't believe I forgot about this until again it, it popped up for the first time. I had completely forgotten about false teeth from Beyond the Stars. Wow, really? And I don't know how because like I say, that is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um and I that was one of my favorite sections in the show as a kid even as well. I don't know how I'd forgotten about it but the second it popped up I was just 10 years old again. Yeah. Um, that's right. And I, for me again that has a big difference. You have um Roger Prentice the dentist. Roger Prentice the apprentice dentist. And yeah. that for me um I always loved that cuz I hated my dentist. My dentist was a cunt. Um I won't go into that cuz you'll probably sue me cuz that sort of twat. But um I remember um, loving Roger Prentice, and then I went from that to Little Shop of Horrors, and the dentist in that really fucking traumatized me. Yeah. Um, now, again, for some reason, and I don't know why, I don't know why I decided this, but when I was very, very young, I decided I was going to be a dentist. Right. Don't know why, right? I've got no interest in dentistry whatsoever. What a fucking <laughs> boring job. Sorry if you're a dentist, but you know. I, I wanted to be an optician so I could play with those funny glasses you put the lenses in out of. I, I No, yeah. I never knew why. I can remember that I wanted to be a dentist when I was very young, and I, God knows I kept being told. First of all, I was a dentist. Then I was an archaeologist. I can understand that because yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones, right? I'm none of those things. I don't know why the like kids are fucking stupid, aren't they? But anyway, I <laughs> I decided I wanted to be a dentist. Don't know why. In watching this back now, there's a little part of me that thinks, was it because of Roger Prentice, the Apprentice Dentist? Is yeah. that what it was? Because certainly the archaeology was because of Indiana Jones. Yeah, I, I, so, I can see that. I can understand that. Maybe that's what it was because he was the hero in False Teeth from Beyond the Stunt. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Certainly wasn't because of Little Shop Horrors, as you say. So no, that that really threw me. I I, I didn't like my dentist anyway because he was a smarmy twat. Um, but then seeing Steve Martin in that 
And and then later seeing Jack Nicholson in the original. Fucking hell. Maybe, maybe actually, maybe the dentist thing was because I actually did like my dentist because she gave me stickers. Um, you go and have a checkup, you behave, you don't cry, you get a sticker. So well, maybe I, I was I just like... like... The, the hygienist was the dentist's wife and she was nice because she yeah. was also the receptionist, but he was a prick. Maybe maybe there was just some weird in the, in the back of my mind that was like, even at that young age, was just had ambitions of, of sort of climbing the ladder that was like, if I become a dentist... I get all the stickers I want. Maybe. Because you could only have one sticker, you see, and you had like you had like three or four to choose from. And they were yeah. generally they were licensed as well. So they'd be like yeah. a super Ted one. Yeah. There might be like a postman pat. They one. were always super Ted in mine. Yeah, there was always, always like super, super Ted, Ted and, Spotty. And, Spotty and the Spotty Man one, wasn't there? Um so I don't know, maybe in the back of my head I was just like, if I become a dentist, I can get all the stickers. And I, I can have all of them. I can have like the set. So it was probably more likely that. Maybe. Incidentally, I bought beer recently from a delivery company and it came with a free sticker, which was just like the dentist stickers, the same size and everything. What was on Amazing. it? Amazing. What was Amazing. on it? Uh, it's a fish. It's their logo. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Flower Horn Brewery, by the way, just in case. Oh, the beer be- was very good as well. But it, I think the intention was that it should be a beer mat, but it was a sticker. So it's been stuck somewhere. Um, because... Go on, I know. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, I, I should probably <laughs> quantify that. Um, the desk I'm sat at has a drawer on it, and the drawer. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm a fully grown adult. Okay, the <laughs> the drawer has a series of stickers on it, all dentist size. Uh, so there are one, two, three, four, five, six, and there are eight stickers with members of the Justice League on them. And yeah, now there's enough. also the flower horn one. So okay. I'm still collecting what would be dentist stickers. To this day. Fair enough. Complete tangent. Nobody <laughs> needed to know that. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my house is covered in stickers, but they're all fucking unicorns and shit because of number one. But um, there you go. I can't argue with that. She'll grow out of it eventually. And then hey, she'll look, I'll take a down. unicorn sticker. I'll, if, like, if, they, if anybody's got any unicorn stickers, my little pony stuff. I'm not fussy. I just I've really fucking like stickers. Things. Next time I, I see you, I'll give you a book. I just I really like stickers. Oh, give me a sticker book, dude. I'm fucking away. You give me a panini book, I'm gone. Fuck that. I'm panini all fancy. Fuck that. Yeah, are they still going? I think they are, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. What are they yeah. a pack now? What's a pack of panini stickers? They've got to be like a fiver, right? They're like fags, like twenty quid a pack now. Jesus Christ! I have no idea. I haven't bought stickers in years. Um, yeah, but they're still going because they they do set. They you only tend to see them now. There'll be a wrestling one every year or so, and there'll be if there's like a football tournament on, there'll be one one for that. I mean that's pretty boring. Like when they've, I was got guy, sh- they've got to do other shit as well. I had like no a fucking Street Fighter one. I had like a I Mario one. one. Yeah, the Street Fighter one I think is the only book I ever actually completed to the point where like you maybe used to get like the little form in the middle that you could pull out when you were down to like your last twenty stickers and you could yeah. buy them individually yeah. and they charge you like a quid a sticker or something. It was yeah, fucking but, expensive. But you finished the book. But you finished the book. And I finished that fucking street. The only fight. one I ever finished was the um the WWE WWF one, around about ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. And I remember the last fucking shiny I had to get uh, was Bret Hart, and that fucking took me ages. And I ended up because I I I fucking hundreds of doublers at this point. I gave my entire fucking collection of doublers for this one Bret Hart shiny one to finish it off. I mean, doublers no use to you anyway, are they? Well, so. that was it. No, this, the person I did, I, I swapped it with, they were like, oh, fucking hell. I'm going to get like fucking 200 stickers for this one shit one I've already got. I was like, that's the one I need to finish the book. And it's Bret Hart. It's fucking, like, what? 
I guess Pokemon cards ruined all this, didn't they? Fucking Pokemon cards came in, and then kids started collecting those instead. Well, ca- cards were always a thing in in America, weren't they? Like you know, baseball cards and shit like that. I mean, I remember they did. Um... Around about 1990, 91, they did um, football cards of like all the all the all the UK, all the Brit, the English football the teams in the English football league, because um, we had a shitload of those. My brother used to collect them, and I used to shoot them with my, with my peg gun. Um, but yeah, so they did that. Cards kind of came and went, and then Pokemon came in, and that was fucking it, really. Yeah. And then the advent of digital meant you could collect digital cards. Oh, don't! I started doing that literally three weeks ago. Um, that was a fucking mistake, wasn't it? Because I'm behind now as well, see, because the app I'm using has been going for fucking ages. Well, the so thing there's... is, the problem with all these things is that I like having a roof over my head too much. And if I start, I'm not going to pay my mortgage. Yeah, I mean, the way I'm going with this fucking card collecting app, I'm going to be on a street corner by next week. So, you know. If that's the case, I'll, I'll post the, uh, the location in the corner. We'll get some listeners over for you. <laughs> well, no, because they'll expect it for free. That's no fucking good. <laughs> what they expect and what they get is different they expect, they expect saying, a quality show what we're saying listeners is uh, from now on there may be a Patreon uh, <laughs> <laughs> to pay for Chris's digital card habit no not really I have spent a fuck ton on Disney digital trading cards um, <laughs> because of course I have yeah. that's why I haven't started that's yeah. why I haven't started because it's I dangerous not, don't I would not start it yeah, don't start it. Um, because when it's digital, as well, it's not real money. Well, no, that's the thing. And especially now with, with Google, you just set it up so it works on your fucking fingerprint. So I press a button, scan my fingerprint, and cards magically appear. Well, this like, is the same with me. Now, with me, it's my face. So if I'm holding my phone, I can pay for shit. Oh, you hold it up. Sorry, I, I literally had an image of you smashing the phone. <laughs> no, that, that, that would be less costly. No, I literally press a button twice, look at it, it sees just me looking at it and goes, ping, money spent. For fuck's sake. And you can't take it back. Once it's done, it's done. And that, listeners, is why I don't have an Apple. Um, well, I could, oh, on, on previous versions, it was my thumb. It was the same thing. But it's like, yeah, it's too, too fucking easy. Way too easy. Uh, now we can't bad enough. Like grumpy old men. I've always been a grumpy old man. Uh, just put yeah. my hand up to that. Yeah. Okay. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> We, we so were much. about 20 minutes ago we were talking about round the bend i think um, i've gone round the fucking bend Maybe. yeah oh good gag yeah <laughs> top dad joke um 20 we, years like, in the making that one what the fuck where did we leave round the bend <laughs> i don't know i'm sorry listener oh uh, yeah i'm gonna have to listen back now and just find out where we went this wrong this is one of those merchandising that that's how how we ended up on sticker books and trading cards because i talked about no it wasn't no we were talking about the individual segments because i went from false teeth from beyond the stars to dentistry so we had yeah so psycho the magnificent fossey from beyond the stars the the kind of cartoon parodies we already covered you had you had thunderpants you had wee man transformaloids which is just fun to say in it transformaloids is a fun fucking word um, I, I always felt with Transformaloids, and I still feel now that they spent more time on the gag of Op- Optimus Slime, Optimus Slime, than they did on the actual slime. Content. Yeah, um, yeah. They, there was more effort went into that gag than it was into the actual skits. But the thing is, you had Octopus Slime, and then completely random, like most of them, they they were at least kind of puns or sounded like. Yeah. So you had Bumra and things like that. But you yeah. had Octopus Slime, okay, like Octopus Prime, and then you had Armadillotron. Yeah. What? A, what? 
Yeah, exactly. How does no that idea. even remotely sound like Megatron or Galvatron? I don't know, but it was funny because yeah. it was Armadillotron. Um, yeah. The odd pods we've talked about, uh, they they showed up pretty much every episode as well. Just like Psycho. Nursery Crimes was one I'd forgotten about as well, where it's the, the Jack Nori parody, but like the... Um... It's like you know, they get caught at the end of it. Again, it's a bit like Psycho Magnificent, but they're, they're criminals. Um, so they always get caught at the end of it. But it's it's, a, it's told in that sort of sing-song fairy tale style, which is written on almost lullaby-ish. It's really nice. I love those because they, I think they capture the essence of the show beautifully. And that is mm. the, it's this kind of Doc Crocs nursery spot or whatever it is, isn't it? And it's all yes. of a sudden, yeah. it's lullaby music and everything's very condescending and talking to the children and then there'll be like some horrific crime committed yeah and it, it just sums the show up perfectly i think yeah it does um so yeah there was that um let's say falsely from beyond the stars became the mutant banana thing which i forgot the name of again i never i never much cared for that one it's the atomic Falsky banana exactly yeah exactly atomic banana false i love excuse me um but that one i never much cared for um I think that about covers up. Then we had like John Potatoes News Round and we had David Colmole with the Sports yeah. Report. Um, and then these interstitials with Doc Croc and the Rat, which, I mean, I love puppets, but they were always the worst bit of the show. Of I course think, they were, yeah. For me. Like, I didn't it's, it's come kind of like Croc, to came for the skits. It's kind of like when you go to um, a, com- like a small comedy club where they've got a couple of acts on and you've got a couple of, no, a couple of decent acts, a couple of up and comers. You might get a headliner, um, but you've also got the, um, the MC. And he's, he or she is usually all right. They're usually quite funny, but they're not as good as the rest of the comedians who you've actually gone to see. They're just yeah. kind of filling a bit of time. And you think, okay, well, it's entertaining enough, but, you know, bring on the act that I paid to see. Yeah, I, and I, I think just in general, everything else, I can say the real world, okay, but it's puppets in a sewer. But everything in the, in the perceived <laughs> real world that isn't a comic strip is, I think, just funnier than, than Doc Crockenko. So... You know, John Potato is funnier. David Colmole is funnier. The heads on the wall are funnier. Yeah, I forgot. Because you know, that. that's the other thing. You had these these trophy heads mounted on the wall as well, which which were people that Doc Croc yeah. had eaten. Um, which yeah. in itself is grim. Yeah, and it, but again, there's a nice sort of Statler and Waldorf feel to them as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah, they, they're constantly kind of heckling what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've just realised was the was the gag ever supposed to be that the comic was printed on toilet paper? Yeah. I don't recall seeing or hearing that, but it just seems obvious. I'm sure it was. Maybe. I don't I'd... know. If it wasn't, then maybe I've jumped to that conclusion. Um, but yeah. I, It's literally just occurred to me. Um, Why would it not be? Where else are they going to get paper from down there? I mean, that would explain the whole thing behind the sewer as well, because yeah. free paper. Yeah. Sort of cleaner of it first. I mean, it's been in the water and stuff, so... That yeah. counts, doesn't it? I mean, as yeah. as we're learning about in the middle of this pandemic, if we, if if we've learned everything, is that soap and water just gets rid of fucking everything, doesn't it? So happy birthday twice. Yeah, even if, look, happy birthday twice is supposed to be twenty seconds, isn't it? Is that how it works? Yeah, it doesn't take fucking ten seconds to sing happy birthday, does it? It does if you're like some sort of retard who can't remember the words. I guess it depends how long your name is. Um, <laughs> Yes, I was just singing that under my breath. <laughs> I know. I can hear you. I've just really... That was one of those surreal moments where you stop and you go, you're on a microphone, you muppet. <laughs> yeah, no, if this was video, it'd be fine because we could see you actually sort of mulling it over and sort of singing it to yourself. You could just about hear you breathing. I mean, all the ASMR fanatics out there will have just completely shot their load over that, I'm sure. So yeah, that one was just that. the... Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. 
we've got way off topic again. I think we've probably <laughs> said just about all that we can possibly say about Round the Bend at this point. Yeah, possibly, um, yeah. Even though we've only talked about it for probably all of about half hour of a, an hour and a <laughs> hour and change thing. episode. Um, yeah. It's one of those nights. I've had a long, in case you can't tell by me yawning as well, I'm maybe slightly overtired, um, <laughs> which yeah. never ends well when I'm recording. That's so. fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah, but yeah um, we probably should sum up should before we go lately off the fucking reservation. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's much summing up needed from from my point of view. Like, it, I loved this show as a kid. It it hit, like I say, it hit everything that I was into, like comics, science fiction, monsters, puppets, uh, toilet humor. Like, there is there is nothing that not just ten year old Chris would dislike. There's nothing that like. 39 year old chris dislikes i have thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed re-watching this um i would absolutely watch more if they started remaking it i will absolutely finish off both series although i've not got many left to be honest because i've pretty much just binged them yeah um, it's fucking brilliant and if you don't remember it then please go and watch it um take it with a pinch yeah. of salt now because like yeah. i said a lot of those pop culture references they're probably going to fall flat, but just just switch your brain off for twenty minutes and enjoy. And like, it, it's just the most gleefully anarchic, childish, puerile toilet humor, which is just everything being a kid is all about, isn't it? So yeah, that's that's right. You know, I mean, it's yeah, a I pure nostalgia. For me. I mean, I yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I'm the same. I mean, I I remember I I remember Doc Rock. I remember bits of this show. I didn't. Rem- I, I remembered the the parodies. Like I remembered Wee Man. I remember Thunderpants. I didn't remember necessarily being part of this. I thought certainly thought the Wee Man was part of Zap um, or Zap TV, which was kind of this on the nose. It was um, they were they were in a big. They were physically standing in a big comic, and then yeah. to when they were selected, somebody hit the remote control and it pointed at them, and so there was a bit of, kind of special effects around it. And then you went into that frame, and then you had the you know, their bit. Um, so that was kind of like you know, the the evolution of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went into it remembering that I liked it. I remember, I remember the um, the intro um, with you know, the the graphics were going down, being flushed down the sewer and stuff. I remember all of that. Um, and yeah, I was looking forward to this. And so we had a shitter of a time last Monday just because it was it was really hard uh, work going through last uh, through the last Mario episode. Um, so you're welcome, listeners. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted something that was um, just really fun, really silly, really you know, something I didn't have to take seriously, just something I have to think about. And so I'll put one on. Still goes, and we we chatted, and you said it was on Tony Husband's website. So I thought, right, I'll put, I'll do that. I'll put, put that on, and then ended up watching, let's say, five or six, and going to bed at stupid o'clock, and then having to get up with the kids on Tuesday morning, um, which wasn't fun um, because it's getting up with kids instead of staying in bed and having a lion. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I then I said I watched half a dozen of these, and I've, I've got I've bookmarked it so I can go back to it. Because I want to watch the rest, and because it, it's not serious, it, you don't have to think about it. It doesn't take a lot of effort to watch these shows, but you will sit there and find yourself chuckling for no fucking reason whatsoever, or not realizing you're doing it. You don't have to think about it; it's just funny. And there's, for a lot of the stuff we watch, there's not a, not a huge amount of that around. No, and it's just funny on the most basic level. As I say, it, it is it is smart. There are some smart jokes in there, and if yeah. you know, as an adult, you can you can pick those out and. But those will give you a little snicker at best, maybe a wry smile. Yeah. The, but the yeah. pitching for the stalls, bawdy toilet humour yeah. will just never... And I, I appreciate it's not everybody's taste, but for me, 
that will just never not be funny. Yeah. Yeah, like a singing turd is just it, that's never not going to be funny to me. No, I'm sorry. That's right. Same, same as a sing, singing toilet with big fucking sunglasses on. Yeah, that's just funny. Just, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I I can't praise this show enough. I really can't. Um, it's one of my favourites that we've rewatched. I think. Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've that, thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't wait to watch more. Um, whatever's up next has got some big shoes to fill um thankfully yeah, as i've said that i've just remembered what's up next um i'm pretty sure it'll come close to filling those shoes uh, yeah. or if not it'll kick the crap out of them i so, can't remember what it is so i'll have to have a look but um yeah it's a good one next okay. let's just yeah. say that uh, yeah. keep you in suspense listeners of course yeah um yeah no i'm the same i can't praise this highly enough i wasn't i was a bit unsure going into it same as you i remembered liking it as a kid and thinking is it going to be one of those that I watch now and go, what the fuck? Um, but it that wasn't. Was it. Worry, wasn't it? I think yeah. both of us. It and I think it. we, I think we came both came into it going, all right, okay, this is going to go one or two ways. And I think for both of us, it went the same way. We went, it went under saying, right, this is still funny. This bits of this still hold up enough to carry it over. Um, yes, there are bits that are dated. Yes, there are references that not everybody will get outside the UK. Um, but it, that doesn't matter. There's enough in there to carry over. Like the stuff they, like the parodies. Of the shows, people will know the um, the musicians they're parodying. So, like of Elton John, who the fuck hasn't heard of Elton John? Even my kids yeah. know who Elton John is. You know, um, so it's it's that sort of thing. There, there's enough in there that's going to carry people through, even if they're not familiar with with a lot of the content, or the context, or the, the social environment this came from. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't praise it highly enough. That said, I can understand why it would be an acquired taste. Oh, and... definitely, it definitely will be, and it. It's interesting. I'm just sort of thinking, as as you said, then, um, about you know how we were both worried how it would hold up and stuff, and then that just set me down a path of thinking like, I I kind of naturally graduated off this onto Spit and Image, yeah. And I I wonder if going going back and rewatching Spit and Image whether that would actually fall flat on its ass because it was I, so topical. That's the that's the problem with that. But I mean, even then, they they have come out every every couple of years and done more Spitting Image, haven't they? They, they don't do a massive amount of it. But they did some when Blair came in. They did a, mm-hmm. a bit more. Fuck, they did some around the Iraq war. Time. Every couple of years. Do you know how long it's been since Blair was in power? Like, we are sure yeah. at our age now. No, but I mean, from, from a point of, like, they stopped making it in 92, 93. Then Blair came in in 97, so it's not that far removed. And then they've done a few bits here and there since then. So, I mean, it's it's, no, it's been a while since they've done it on the reg. But, I mean, Spitting Image is still around. They are still, no, they are still doing bits. Yeah, Spit Image Workshop is still a thing, I think, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's just not as productive and prolific as it used to be. Um, but yeah, so I mean, um, I so I can understand why this would this would split opinion and why people might not take to this. It might not be their cup of tea. So if you are one of those people, if you you have looked at this show again or you've listened to us and gone, what the fuck are these two idiots talking about? Get in touch. Let us know because I mean, for for us, the, the, this show tells you a lot about where we've come from. Um, definitely more than any other show we watched as i said right back at the start i can look at this and go there's kind of there's a little bit of the genesis of me in here definitely and we've talked about shows that we've loved and we talked about like batman anime series we talked about thundercats we talked about turtles we talked about ghostbusters all he-man all these sorts of things and there, there are bits of these shows in in the things we do there. They they inform our moral code. They 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 uh, they inform some of our attitudes. They, you know, they, even the general things, some of the things we like. But th- if you look at our characters, a lot comes from this type of show and this one in particular. 
because there's certain elements that you can pick out. And so the um, certainly so the sarcastic and slightly um, dour um, personality of Jemima. There are times when that's me to a T. The the slightly overbearing, the slightly um, no, um, almost of pushing too hard to get a joke to land. That no, that's Vince Vermin. But I do that quite often. And then when it doesn't land, I get really fucked off. Yeah. Um, and a lot of a lot of these characters do come through. And so it's something that, I mean, certainly we recognise in ourselves and each other. And so hopefully, enough of us comes across in these shows. You can pick it out of us as well. But there's there's a lot to be said for the influence this show has had. Um, and so I, I I I would really like to, I'd like to hear the opinions of people who didn't who didn't appreciate or didn't realise it in the same way or haven't taken to it in the same way. Just what it was to put you off. Was it the the the, the bawdy toilet humour? Was it the no, the the really silly parodies of, of popular things? No, what was it that didn't land? So I mean, I'd, I'd love to hear um, from people about that. Um, but so I mean, as always, get in touch. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find us on Facebook with the Double M Podcast Network, on Twitter at SMPD Pod. Um, you can go to website. Uh, yeah, we have a website. You're on website. Our website. Um, um, I'm four points in. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net. Um, we can find you can get in touch with us through there. You can find our previous episodes, episodes of other shows, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever else I can't think of. Um, but we're, we're listed on a lot of them. Um, yeah, like, share, and subscribe. Oh, shut up. You're, you're <laughs> never living that down. I'm also never learned the fact that I have to shut up, not fuck off. Um, but yeah, wherever you get your podcast from, leave, um, leave us a comment, like, share, um, subscribe. We'll get back to you as best we can. Um, but until next time, see you later. <laughs> Fucking web seats. <laughs>